Okay, we have four pizza lines here. So you have your, you know, coal fire line, your American line, wood fire line, you have all these lines, and then now you have multi pizzas on the line. So your hands are everything. If you talk to people in the industry, if they really know, is so you go from one line to another, it's like, okay, when you're Neapolitan, you baby it, you're soft on it, you want that leoparding, and, 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 and I'm not getting leoparding because I have cold dough, I'm getting leoparding because the guy know how to open up right, and it's, it's the, the dough's matured enough. Guinness world record holder, author, pizza school instructor, and certifier, competitor. Tony Gemignani has many titles and wears several hats, but nothing gets the San Francisco-based pizza legend fired up quite like talking regional pizza styles. His North Beach restaurant makes 13 different types from more than a half dozen ovens, to say nothing of his Chicago-style restaurant a few blocks away, producing both deep dish and tavern-style thin. It's a pizza lover's dream vacation today, talking with one of America's great pizza ambassadors about his path. That story, straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. Welcome to the show this week, everybody. It is great to have you along with us. I know many of you are holed up at home like I am, um, quarantining during this coronavirus crisis. It is just a completely different world that we are living in. And fortunately, lots of pizza places still open, still doing delivery, still doing takeout. Um, you know, it's one of those industries where you don't have nearly as many employees because you don't have as many servers that you've had to lay off. But boy, I know a lot of people really struggling right now. Um, we just keep encouraging people to support your local restaurants. That's the best thing you can do. Keep sending them money, ordering pizzas. Um, today's show was recorded just before this all broke. It was the first week of March. I was in San Francisco getting a bunch of material at least a half a dozen shows worth. And um, one of the one of the highlights was talking with Tony Gemignani, who, boy, if you don't know this guy's name, I mean, if you're in the pizza business, you should know him. He's got three books out. Uh, the most, uh, most recent was The Pizza Bible, which covered nine different styles, uh, Neapolitan, Roman, Chicago, California, among them. He competes a ton. Um, now, obviously, the Pizza Expo is not going on right now in Vegas, um, but he's won awards not just there but all over the world. Best Pizza Margarita at the World Pizza Cup in Naples. Uh, Best Pizza Romana at the World Championship for Pizza Makers in 2011. He was the first American and non-Neapolitan to win that award in Naples. He's the first and only Triple Crown winner for baking at the International Pizza Championships in Italy. Um, and he's also the proprietor of the International School of Pizza in San Francisco, where he certifies chefs from around the world. You may remember several months ago, we talked with the, the proprietor of the International Pizza School branch here, just outside of Chicago, Leo Spitzeri. Um, but Tony started it in San Francisco. And then he's got two restaurants out there. He's got Tony's Pizza Napolitana, where I met him for today's show. Um, they just had their 10-year anniversary this past year. Um, his his style, I mean, his, he's got many styles. He does 13 different styles at that restaurant from about seven or eight different ovens. Um, his motto is respect the craft. 
and he has devoted himself to learning all of these different styles. But he's also opened a place called Capos down the street, where our second segment for today's show is going to take place. That has been, it's really been his Chicago homage. I mean, he loves Chicago. He talks a lot about it in today's show. He's got a whiskey bar there. They do four styles, um, deep stuffed, cast iron, which is like a pan, uh, deep pan, and a tavern style thin. And um, it's just a really beautiful little joint with the Chicago brick and all the, the artwork and the posters from Chicago. So um, I had a chance to sit down with him. We only really had like a half an hour on paper, but it turned into an hour and a half. It is such a pleasure to be here with the Godfather. Um, I cannot tell you how many people, when I was in San Francisco, kept saying, "Hey, give my best to Tony. Say hi to Tony for me. Yeah. Give him <laughs> Tony, Tony Gemignani. Great to have you on the show. I've been waiting for this for so long. Um, tell me what your first pizza memory, because you've been eating pizza quite a while. You've been making a ton of pizza. What's your first pizza memory? First real p- pizza memory was was when I was a kid. Uh, my grandpa, we'd go to a pizzeria usually on Friday nights, and it was a place called Uncle Joe's. Where was this? It was in Fremont, California. And when we went there on this one particular night, they must have had a mistake or made too many pizzas, and they gave my grandpa uh, a couple free ones. So me, as a kid, you know, is extra cheese. Couldn't have enough cheese on it. And I remember my grandpa, we'd always watch the pizza men there. It was probably the best night of his life. He was so excited. And, you know, my grandpa was an Italian farmer. Um, He didn't come from a lot of money. And... For that pizza man to give him those pizzas that night, I just remember my, my grandpa's smile, and he was a big inspiration to me because we lived with my grandpa. We lived on a farm. We farmed apricots, cherries, and, and uh, so I grew up with that. So Uncle Joe's, Friday nights, uh, and it was still the, one of the best, still like kind of the best pizza like I ever had. I don't even know if it's really that good. It was no, just- no that's, that is the pizza cognition theory. The one you grew up eating is, of course, the early ones, the ones you remember. That's the best pizza. How would you describe that style of pizza that you were eating then? It's just like a typical New York-type pizza, mozzarella, cheese, um, nothing fancy. You said your brother had a pizza joint. My brother had a pizzeria. Uh, Paisano's Pizzeria. I was uh, 18 years old, 17 years old, graduating high school, and uh, he was in the middle of opening up a pizzeria called Paisano's. Found a city called Castro Valley, which was about 30 minutes away from Fremont. He said, you know, you want to do this with me? And I wasn't sure what I was going to do coming out of high school, you know, like a lot of people. Am I going to go to college? What am I going to do? So I actually went to like a city college, but I became the manager and like lead pizza man at uh, at Paisano's when we opened. So 17, going on 18, and we opened Paisano's right after I turned 18. So you knew at an early age this was it. I mean, a lot of guys get into this late. They have a, a career in tech. They get up, you know, and they like, I got to do something else and make something that, or do something that I'm really happy about. You've been doing this since you were a teenager. Yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I've been doing it for almost 30 years. For me, you're, you're you're always trying to make it better. You know, you look at it every day, and, and, and still, I remember back then, you always want to be better. People say, why you compete? What, what, what are you so into that? I think it's like playing sports. My dad was a coach, playing soccer, organized. You just, you want to win, man. You want to make that better, and you're just looking at your pizza, and you're like, huh, this pizza turned out pretty damn good. It sat here for a while, and I'm like, yeah, that looks good, but maybe it could have been 30 seconds longer, and it could have been even better, you know? But here's the thing. Which you're not revealing, and I'm going to say this. You're talking about guys, mostly guys, 
who are focused on one style of pizza, right? There's the guy, there's Mark Icono at Lucali. He's making that one kind of pizza. There's Robert Garvey in Chicago making that one kind of pizza. You must have had ADD in a severe way because what you're doing here at Tony's, we're here in North Beach in San Francisco, you've got like a dozen styles of, of pizza. Yeah, a lot of people thought I was nuts. You know, back then you'd call your friends. I mean, Andy Costa, a multi-unit operator in L.A. I was in a parking garage here in San Francisco at the farmer's market telling him about this idea. We're going to have all these styles and all these flowers and nobody's heard of this oven. And he was just like, hold on, man. Like, what are you thinking? And, and I remember telling people about it and the idea, and, and nobody got it. it. You do one style, maybe you have a second. And for me, it just I, I just love pizza in its entirety. And if, if it's good, it could be celebrated and it could be awesome. And some people just don't get it. It's like you know, it's almost they treat it like a baseball. I'm a Yankee fan. For, you know, forget the Cubs or vice versa. And it's like Dodgers. You know, hate the Giants. Giants hate the Dodgers. I, I love baseball. You know, I have my favorites, but still, for me, pizza may be like saying, hey, what's your favorite pizza? It's like almost asking a dad who's his favorite son, even though he'll never admit it. <laughs> Maybe one or that's better than the other. But uh, for me, if it's done right, and like I said, I've traveled everywhere. And before it was, you could Google it, and before you could just go on YouTube and say, oh, wow, that's a Panzerotti. Oh, now I know what that is. Before all that shit like, kind of came about. Before that all happened, you know, it was R&D, you traveled there, you got the experience, you're in Naples, it's hot, it's sweaty, the guy's making it right there, it came out in 60 seconds, it's charred, chewy, wet, it's just beautiful and amazing. And I was there at Trianon on my honeymoon with my wife, just blown away. And those experiences in life, for me, before the Google it and, and, and the YouTube were you had to go to Detroit and try Buddies. You had to go to St. Louis and see what Emos was really all about. You got to go to Sally's and Frank Pepe. And, and then those were the trips that I took, and I wanted to bring it in front of you and say, this is it. You grew up there. I'll try this. What do you think? And I gave you something earlier, and you're like, oh, you know, there's no cheese on it. Well, yeah, but you, you could get it in a certain area, but maybe, you know, we're arguing about it. But you're like, this is damn good, and you're happy about it. And he's talking plants and stuff. We're talking. <laughs> I have an Italian beef sandwich, which he just served me. He gave me a combo, actually, with the sausage. No sweet pepper, but the hot jardinier, and he put a little cheese in the Toronto bread. Man, was it good. But you, you kind of cheated because you used that really good, was it Snake River Farms beef? Yeah, it was. It was that cut that people say, you know, wow, I guess Chicagoans come here, they'll eat it. They'll say, I think it's better than the beef I grew up with. I said, well, you know, it's just... Don't compare it. It's just you like it and you love it and they bring you back. That's the thing. They bring you back. And any time you get a transplant, something that haven't been to, in Chicago, I haven't been to New Haven in 20 years. I grew up on this. When I eat this pizza, it's like, oh, man, man, it brings me back. And that's, that's a responsibility, though, because you're talking about people's childhood memories. When things were so much less complicated, when things were just easy. When you just were hanging out with friends and enjoying yourself and just having a great pizza, that's what it's all about. Because I know what it's like. I'm I'm older now. I have a son now. We're married and we have a we have you know we, we pay a mortgage and things are stressful. Anytime you can take somebody back to that moment in life when you're just not thinking about anything else other than that moment of God, this is just so cool. A lot of research, um, a lot of R and D, a lot of getting, I mean, those San Marzano tomatoes sent to you, that San Felice flour at the time. I want brick cheese. What the hell is that? I'm talking to a cheesemonger. I need Prevel. 
I need uh, I need a cheese that doesn't exist here. It's a coal-fired cheese, a dry mozzarella. Aiello Brothers, you, you heard of it. We'll try to source it, and you're bringing in cheeses to San Francisco that almost cost as much as your buffalo coming from Naples because nobody has it. Now it's changed quite a bit, and, and if you look at the pizza industry now, you almost take it for granted, and um, a lot of guys kind of do. But it was, you had to be there, know what it is, fly to Detroit, figure out what it was, come back and say, there's a couple people that bring it. Maybe you can bring it in through Minnesota and get it here. Uh, Just figure it out. And I paid a a lot of money for it. So how many kinds of ovens do you have here producing how many kinds of pizza? So right now we're launching another pizza on our menu. Uh, So we're, we're, we're pretty much up to 13 styles of pizza. You could throw 14 in there if you wanted to add gluten free to it. But some people say, is that pizza or not? It is Scott Wiener. It is pizza. <laughs> Love the Wiener shout out. Yeah, yeah, you always got to like, you know, you always got to step on the Wiener a little bit, you know. So right, so, so there's Sicilian, there's New York, there's New Haven. So here we have um, several different types of pizza. We have seven ovens. We have uh, electric gas, um, rotating gas. We have wood-fired coal. Well, it comes to all these styles, multi-chambers, multi-temperatures. And then you have your, um, your Sicilian your grandma, your Detroit, uh, then you have your St. Louis, uh, classic American, classic Italian, then you go into our Roman, now we have two subcategories, Roman thin, and now we'll have reintroducing Roman, uh, which is a thick uh, pizza that you had actually earlier today that I'm not really talking too much about, but it's, it's very, very different and unusual. New York, 20-inch pies, uh, coal-fire pizzas, um, we have a lot of different different styles of pizza. Yeah, the, the training I can't even fathom. Do you have like a book? How do you get people trained on certain ovens or certain styles? And do they bounce around always, or do they have specialties here? We have four pizza lines here, so you have your you know coal fire line, your American line, wood fire line. You have all these lines, and then now you have multi pizzas on the line. So your hands are everything. If you talk to people in the industry, if they really know is. You go from one line to another, it's like, okay, when you're Neapolitan, you baby it, you're soft on it, you want that leoparding, and, and, and I'm not getting leoparding because I have cold dough. I'm getting leoparding because the guy know how to open up right, and it's, it's the, the dough's matured enough. Then you go to the slice line, and you're banging it out, you're doing a New York rim, and you're trying to make it nice and tight. And then like, okay, well, let's go to the classic Italian now and change it up, thicken it up. And then you go to the coal line. So... When it comes to it, there's a lot of training. You're not throwing a guy in the weeds and going all over. He'll be in one area usually, and then he'll have to float around or her to different to different uh, lines. But it's it's a task. I mean, it, it's a lot to it. You got a slice shop next door. Is that just New York slices, or do you do other things to try? Otherwise, it's all whole pies. Yeah, so we do deep dish um, at the slice house once in a while. Uh, usually at night from about 4 o'clock on. We have New York and California. We have Sicilians. And sometimes we'll throw Detroit's and Grandma's in there. And you have Stromboli's, Calzones, and everything like that. It's, it's just unique. I mean, you come to San Francisco, you're in North Beach. It's little Italy. There's pizza everywhere. When we landed here, everyone's like, oh, what are you going to do? You know, you're, you're, you're right in the middle of all these pizzas. I'm like, what are we going to do? It's, it's like saying Disneyland is this, and the county fair is everyone else. And I say it. I'm not saying it to brag. It's just... It's just, it's a special place. I wanted to make it an institution. and, and It's a pizza museum is what it is because you can taste everything from around, around the globe here. We're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, uh, Tony and I are going to walk down the street to his other place called Capo's where the specialty is Chicago style. 
So we're going to have some deep dish and some tavern style. Very excited to try those um, when we come back. And we're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. How crazy is it to think you can actually have your insurance company pay you to walk? United Healthcare isn't crazy. They just want you to be healthy. One of their programs is called United Healthcare Motion, where members can earn more than a thousand bucks a year toward their health reimbursement account just for walking. If your company works with United Healthcare, ask your friendly HR person about their programs. And if not, go tell them to switch today. Go to uhc.com slash Illinois Motion to get more information. United Healthcare, a proud supporter of the Illinois Restaurant Association and committed to your good health. So this is North Beach, Little Italy, uh, in San Francisco. You know, it's a place I got married right across the street, actually, at St. Peter and Paul Church. I was hanging out here when, you know, when you're Italian and you grow up in the Bay Area, you'd always go to North Beach. I was slinging pizzas at the Italian festival here when I was young. I was trying to get sneak into bars when I was under 21, and I did, <laughs> uh, drinking Fernet. Um, and was it great pizza here back then, or was it like Neapolitan style? Was it was New York style? Was to it find good pizza in North Beach? Honestly, huh. there's some great places. I mean, Golden Boy's a classic place right around the corner from me. It's a place where you'd go drink and you'd, you'd you know go there and get a slice, very much like you know almost like a Joe's like in New York uh, where you'd get a you know slice late night. But really, it was always filled with a lot of pasta shops and great kind of Italian restaurants. But when it came to pizza, for me, I, I never I thought there was always a lot of room. And uh, I wasn't afraid to come here. Whereas a lot of people, when I came here, they said, you know, you're young. Why don't you go to the Mission? It's kind of hipsterville, and you could probably do good there. I said, no, we're going to go to Little Italy. We're going to go right in the heart of it. And, and you were well, able to get the space on a corner because it was the recession. Was it rece- yeah, it was. It was terrible. And when I came here, everybody was up for, for sale. Everybody was going out of business. I was with a broker, and he pointed, which one do you want? So that was their first space. When did Capos come on? Capos came on a few, a few years after. Um, I opened up Slice House about a year after I opened up Tony's. Uh, I actually looked at it about six, six months into Tony's. I said, I need to open up Slice House. And this is Capos right over here. Um, so we, we, we walked down uh, Stockton. Yeah, so we're down Stockton, and we're on Stockton Vallejo, and now you'll see is this is kind of like the end of, still is Little Italy. It's coming becoming Chinatown. One of the owners of uh, Caputo, the sons of one of the brothers, was here. The flower company. Yeah, and uh, he was leaving, and he said, hey, can you take over this place? And I did, and I tore it all down, added the Chicago brick. Really cool. Wait until you see it. All right. I gotta say, Tony, I'm a little, no, I shouldn't be surprised, but uh, the fact that we're here in North Beach in San Francisco, and I'm actually having a legit Chicago thin tavern style square cut pizza, sausage and jardinere. Um, how did you research this one? Man, I was going to Chicago a lot. Pizza Today used to have the Chicago Pizza Show in Chicago. I actually judged the Chicago Pizza Wars, a lot of people don't know this, on the Travel Channel. It was Malnati's against uh, Uno's. Worked for Connie's, threw on Wrigley Field back in the day, went to Connie's, um, Leo Spitzeri back in the day. Um, and Leo I, worked at Giordano's, I think. He did, yeah, and I certified him 
10, 11 years ago, he was in my first class when I certified. So we were talking Chicago. I'd go visit him when I go to Chicago. So I always kind of felt my, found myself back in Chicago. So you'd have all these different pizzas, you know, and then you'd say, okay, I had one 20 years ago. Was it good? Was it still good? And then started researching it, wanted to open up my own concept. And I wanted to bring that Pequod's and Burt's with Malnati's and have all these styles, my stuff, my cast iron, my cracker thin, my deep dish. Let's put a whiskey bar with it and let's do chicken Vesuvio and masticcioli, not penne, and let's do some really cool dishes that you see, like Vesuvio potatoes or baked pasta dishes or sausage and peppers, like you see at Rosebud and stuff. So you're throwing a lot of Chicago lingo out, me, man. It's like, <laughs> it's like old home day. But when you, when you know when you're there, you're like, God, man, if you just bring it to San Francisco and do it right, and, and you know this red leather boots. So when you walk in here, you're kind of looking at it like, okay, this is old school. Is it Rosebud meets Malnati's that hung out with Nancy's and partied with, you know, whomever Eduardo's. Um, so you know you're, you're kind of looking at it. And I, I wanted to make it into this like cool place that was um, it was different. First, you got to get the ingredients. So. Sarasota. Nobody knew what that was here. Like, okay, everyone has power flour, all trumps. No, no, it has to be Sarasota. So getting the flour in. Then researching on not the thin crust side, but the deep dish side is the butter, cornmeal. What route do I want to do? Let's let's make it a better butter, like almost like that beef sandwich that you had. Let's you know, get a different cut. Let's add lard to it. I researched a little bit. They were saying that uh, at one time some of the guys were whipping lard and butter or only lard into their deep dishes so this is a place that you have sarasota you have a nine percent fat content in the deep dish you have a four percent and four percent butter and lard and that butter is a french style butter it was actually was an english style butter that went to an irish and i found a french that was actually higher in fat i wanted my deck ovens i didn't want to go conveyors mentioned earlier about you you certified a couple of guys you you had Robert in your class you had Leo Spitzeri in your class tell me about that class what is that that's a pizza school that started in Italy and there's the only other one in America is in outside of Chicago years ago and and, and this is 15 years ago Italy wanted to open up schools in the US schools would come to me because I was this competitor and say oh you have to open up schools so I went to Italy and I visited three schools the Scuola Italiana Pizzaioli the, the school that I run in San Francisco um, I actually run the International School of Pizza, but their chapter. It was a school that uh, not only had great recipes, which most schools did, they actually had a book, and, and they had the science behind the dough and understanding maturation, simple sugars, complex sugars, all that. The stuff that you need to know as an owner is, why did my dough blow up? Why didn't it brown? How do I make it better? You know, the, you're the owner, you need to fix it. It's not the school of hard knocks like it was back in the day, as I'm, I'm guessing. Y you know, there's actually a school for it. So... When I went to that school, I didn't do Neapolitan. They didn't do Neapolitan. They did pan pizza. Uh, at the time, they did classic Italian, and they did Roman. Neapolitan was a different arena. And there was no American, of course, because we're in Italy. When I came back, I said, I need to open up a school, but I'm going to have American courses because I feel like there is as important, if not maybe more, than, than Italians. And I know that there's... It's going to be popular soon. And then I went and studied my own Neapolitan concept as well, and I ended up going to Naples, and I beat the certified guys, and, but I was the only non-certified pizza maker in Naples. So 
when I came back and opened up my school, I had the Scuola Italiana Pizzaioli that what Leo has and he got certified in. I said, I'm going to do Detroit, St. Louis, New York, Chicago, and I'm going to do this. And now if you look at what was popular 10, 12 years ago was the Neapolitan craze and, and mobile truck wood fired and uh, let me do the Chipotle model where we make them in front of you and we cook it. And all of a sudden it became Detroit, uh, became popular, Sicilian, pan, cast iron, grandmas. And all of a sudden now there's a trend of what's old is new again in the U.S. Romans coming up, but American courses are big. So we're the first, uh, I had the first pretty much in the world that kind of did every course. You have every type of oven in front of you. And I did my own curriculum. I mean, the science is always the same. It's not like you're making Chicago and also you're doing Neapolitan and, and the science changes uh, or the chemistry changes. It doesn't. But when it comes to recipes and the flour bag, the Sarasota bag that's right behind you, um, or all trumps for making like New York slice pizza. I mean, that was something that I really researched and did. And, and that was before you could Google it, really. Final question. We ask all of our guests on the show. Um, knowing what you know now about pizza, and it is enough to fill a couple of libraries worth, uh, what would you tell yourself 12 years ago, before you opened up your pizzeria here, about how to be uh, successful in the pizza game? You know, at one time when I was early in my career, how about this, I, I, I wanted everything now, and things happen, and it took time for me. Everybody has different times in life to become who they are and what they do. But I'm glad for me it didn't happen when I was in the business five years, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years. I'm glad it took, now I realize that it took 17, 18 years for me to say, I'm gonna open up my own place. And it wouldn't have ever been uh, what it is today if I didn't have those 18 years. If I would have opened it up early in my career, I, I, it just wouldn't have been what it was or what it is. And it keeps going. And I, and I say that to myself, I was kicking the wall, pissed off mad dad why can't i get some money help me out i didn't get it and my brother had it and he got it i had to find my own funding and i was pissed off and i was mad at the world and and i see a lot of guys now that are like i just want to open up my own place now i'm like you know just take some time you know it's like a dad talking to his son take some time and and uh i'm glad it took some time because it, it's 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 been a great ride it has been such a pleasure to hang out with you for the last hour or so. And uh, if you folks ever come to San Francisco, go to Tony's, go to Capo's. They're a block apart um, here in the North Beach area in San Francisco. And um, it's going to be very difficult to decide which pizzas, and I say pizzas plural, you're going to want to try. Tony Gimignana, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, what an honor. Thank you very much. It's awesome to be on the show. Thank you. Again, big thanks to Tony for taking some time out of his day to feed me a couple of pizzas and um, to spend some time talking about his life's work. All right, coming up in two weeks, a trip to Queens where I talk with one of the city's unsung rising stars who's making pizza that haunts the dreams of some of New York's greatest pizza writers. For the squares, I, I, there's not enough time in the day for me to get these going, to, to mass produce them. So I'm still doing them as sold as slices. I'm trying to get more time into making more, but again, 20 hours is just not enough time in the day to get everything done. Dave Acachella talks about making two styles of pizza at Philomena's in the shadow of the number seven train in Sunnyside on Queens Boulevard. That's in two weeks on April 10th. 
Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and rate us, please. I would love to know what you like or hate about the show. We are at Pizza City USA on Instagram. And for more information about the book and our weekly tours, visit us at PizzaCityUSA.com. Now, obviously, the tours are on hold during the coronavirus. We are going to hope to get those up and going in the next, boy, well, we're going to just wait till we get word from the government, hopefully by May or June. I'm on all social media, at Steve Delinsky. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song. And if you are coming to Chicago this summer, assuming we can gather in groups of 10 or more, we're going to have both bus and walking tours up and running. Thanks for listening, everybody. And here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio, always. <laughs>